Hi, this is Nara Bonafidi with Good Faith Ministries. Welcome to my podcast, I Was Made for This, where we will be talking about identity, things like finding your real purpose and how God has an awesome plan for your life, discovering who you really are, what you were made for, and becoming who God has created you to be is true freedom. So I invite you to join me as we explore and talk about God's goodness, His unique plan for each of us, and how we can experience victory in our lives. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me. Today, the topic of my podcast is what are you doing here? I want to start with the prophet Elijah, which is found in 1 and 2 Kings. Now, the story of Elijah goes on and on, and there is so much to talk about regarding Elijah. But I want to summarize quickly to to get to my main point. You know, Elijah is remembered for many miracles. That included resurrections from the dead and even calling fire down from heaven. He's also remembered as the prophet who ran and hid from Jezebel. And that's where I want to start today. So, a little background here. During the life of Elijah, King Ahab, who was an evil king, married a woman named Jezebel. Now, this was a politically motivated, actually an arranged marriage by Ahab's father in order to promote peace with his neighbors. That was the intention. Well, the plan didn't play out well as Jezebel, she brought all the gods of her land, these false gods, including the primary false god, Baal, with her. She also brought a large number of priests and prophets of Baal into the country. So, as you can imagine, there was a lot of evil going on during this time. Now, King Ahab listened to Jezebel a lot. He was passive in many ways. And he despised Elijah. And he called Elijah the troubler of Israel. Well, Elijah, being the bold prophet that he was, told Ahab, no, it's you who's troubled Israel by promoting the worship of false gods. So there was a confrontation. And this is what Elijah suggested. There was God's power and Baal's power on display. And it would be put to the true test on Mount Carmel. And at the end of that event, God showed up, as he always does, and fire fell from heaven. Wow. Then Elijah ordered the slaughter, the slaughter of the prophets of Baal. Now, when Ahab told Jezebel what had happened, she sent a message to Elijah, and she promised that she'd kill him. And I want to read in uh, 1 Kings uh, chapter 19. I want to read this because I want you to get the the true, um, well, just straight from the Word of God. In uh, verse 1, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Now, remember that Elijah had had many confrontations with Ahab. Uh, This was just one of them. But Ahab told Jezebel about the slaughter of all her false prophets. 
also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. So here Elijah is running. And he went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Well, Elijah was down, right? Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Skip to verse 8. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights, as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Wow. Then he said, this is God speaking, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, listen to this, and after the fire, a still, small voice. I really like this. And one translation reads, it was a gentle whisper. God whispered to Elijah. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Again, God asked him, What are you doing here? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazel as king over Syria. And Elisha you shall anoint as prophet in your place. I wanted to read that to you. And I wanted to emphasize the way God spoke to Elijah. And I want to talk about that whisper that still, small voice of God. God whispered to Elijah. You know, 
I believe a lot of people, especially in today's society, are addicted to sensationalism. If it's not full of drama, excitement, entertainment, and it contains the wow factor, then it's not considered relevant. I want to give you the definition of sensationalism. It's the use of sensational language to arouse an intense emotional response. Arousing a quick, intense, and usually superficial interest, curiosity, or emotional reaction. You know, isn't that the way of our world today? Everything is so elevated emotionally. You know, there's whole marketing campaigns to appeal to people emotionally and to cause them to act upon those emotions. Whether it's buying a certain product or voting for a particular individual or party, become a follower to gain more attention, and and the list goes on. Sadly, some of this has crept into the church, but that's another subject for another day. But if we can be still enough, quiet enough, undistracted enough, and pull away from the sensationalism that's so prevalent today, we can hear God's whisper, that still small voice. You know, in some of the most deep, meaningful, life-changing, yet simple instructions I've ever received from God has been like a whisper. Now, there's been a few times where there's been a warning or something to look out for or prepare for, but it's usually that still small voice or that whisper when I'm still enough in His presence and not distracted so I can be in a position to hear. You know, I'm going to be doing an entire podcast in the future soon on distractions. But for now, I'll just say if, if you're not disciplined enough to recognize and manage the distractions in your life, even in your daily life, you'll miss hearing God's instructions for you and your family. And I really don't think any of us want to miss His instructions, right? Especially in this season we're in right now, it's too important. You know, some of you may say, well, I don't really hear God that way. Well, the Word of God is God's whisper to you. Just spending time in His Word Because His Word speaks. Whatever way God speaks to you, that's good. But the point I want to get across is, are you in a place where you can hear? Ask yourself, what am I doing here? (laughs) Well, we can learn a lot from Elijah. I mean, there are so many things that I could say about Elijah. We could, there's like, so many messages there. He was bold. He was courageous. He listened to God. He was a mouthpiece for God. He was faithful. He was righteous. But he was also human. He allowed a controlling, manipulative spirit working in the life of a woman to scare him and cause him to run. And he ran to a familiar place. A cave. Hmm. You know, I I know most of us at some point in our lives have found ourselves in a, a cave or somewhere similar. 
maybe discouragement, a setback, fear, or even a, a tremendous loss has caused us to retreat. Or it could be simply that answers and directions are needed and you find yourself there. You find yourself in a, a cave of uncertainty. The good news is, like Elijah, we can position ourselves to hear and obey in order to escape the cave. How do we do that? Well, it's positioning. Positioning is key. And I'll just tell you, and, and I will beat this drum, I will say this almost in every podcast, if you are not in a good church that teaches the uncompromised Word of God, and you're not surrounded by people of faith, or you don't have any accountability, then you're coming from behind. Because the cave of isolation is a dangerous place to be. You know, we were created to be a part of the body with many parts. I just want to encourage you today to find out what part you are and what part you play in the body of Christ. That is the best place to be. You know, maybe some of you are, are not in that kind of cave. You say, well, I'm fine, you know. Hey, Nora, I've got it all together. All right, just a note here. Elijah was a prophet, a mouthpiece for God, but he found himself in a cave. Even if you're spiritually mature, you may at some point hear God asking, what are you doing here? What if you're in the cave of routine, the cave of tradition? the cave of busyness, the weary and questioning cave where you're asking why and when. <laughs> you know, maybe the answers you need aren't found in something dramatic, but simply a whisper from God. Are you willing to come out of your cave and allow God to inject that holy boldness that you need? to fulfill your call, run your race, and fulfill your destiny. Your future, your family's future may depend on that, but it'll take courage. Really, all he's asking for is willingness because sometimes a cave can become comfortable. Hmm, think about that. Sometimes a cave can become comfortable. You know, here in our ministry, we're about to embark on something new, exciting, and it's really big. And I'm excited about that, but there's moments where I feel that it's just too big for me. And the truth is, it is. But I have to stay out of the cave of fear or retreat and let God lead me to the next level. It requires courage. It does. It requires willingness. So, I want to ask you today, do you know why you are where you are? Do you know what you're doing there and why? Living to please ourselves, doing our own thing, is not really good wisdom for the days we're living in now. Being in the wrong place at the wrong time could prove to be disastrous, and, and I'm not talking about luck. 
God wants to instruct you, lead you, counsel you. Hmm. So is God asking you, is God asking you, what are you doing here? If so, my advice would be to take an assessment and find out why he's asking that question. Then listen for his whisper and then follow his instructions and he'll lead you right out of that cave. Wow, I hope this has blessed you today. I know it did me. And listen, I've got some exciting things lined up for the month of February. It's Valentine's Day this month and we're going to be talking about the heart. I've also got some great guests joining me, so I'm really excited about hearing what they have to say about the heart also. Have a wonderful day. God bless you.